Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Stavely of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, you all right? Yeah, I'm really excited about this episode. We've got a visitor. We have got a visitor. We've got Nanzinga Orgill, who MBA, who is the CEO of Race Expert Limited. And she's going to talk to us today about our topic about embracing diversity of opinion uh, when you're working in teams and working with other people. So we had a really good chat with her um, about what that means and, and how people can get involved and what do we do and all of that lovely stuff, as well as sharing her superheroes um, as well. Oh, marvellous. Can't wait. So this is the final in our focus this month on relationships. And we've talked about what makes healthy professional work in relationships. What happens when relationships go bad? How do you repair any ruptures? What does it mean to create team harmony for results? And what a way to end this focus this month on how do you ensure, as you say, that everyone gets included and you embrace that diversity. So this goes out to anyone who is kind of got more projects they're getting involved in with lots of different types of people, how we can absolutely maximise our potential because of the people in the room. Can't wait. Hi there, Nazingo. So good to have you on our podcast for this week, talking about all things creating harmony. Um, And as you know, our theme for February has been harmony. And what we're doing in this last of this month's series is actually talking about how do we create a space where diversity of opinion is welcomed and created that in turn enables that um, harmony within a team. So, and I know, um, obviously, I want to introduce our listeners to you as an award-winning Nzinga Orgil, who is the CEO of Race Expert Limited. And what I'd love to find out is a little bit about you. So tell us something about you. Well, hi, Debs. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really, really delighted to be able to contribute to this. And as an avid listener, it's an absolute honour. So thank you very much. In terms of who I am, so my name is Nzingo Orgil. I am an award-winning transformational change leader that works in the equality, diversity and inclusion space, um, something that I'm really passionate about and aligns to me to the core in terms of values and purpose. Um, But about me, um, so I am... I'm born and raised in Birmingham. Um, I haven't got an accent, which <laughs> I guess a lot of people comment on when I say where I'm from. Okay. I think when I do go home, when I spend time there, you can absolutely tell that I'm from Birmingham when I come back to London or go to wherever I'm going to. But born and raised in Birmingham to Jamaican parents. Um, they came over to the UK um, in the 60s. So it's been a really interesting journey and spent most of my adolescence in, in Birmingham, which was very yeah. multicultural. So something that I really enjoyed was having friends from different backgrounds, being able to be part of, you know, part of different communities, but also be part of a, a broader community that had lots of diversity. And um, I embarked on the journey to London. So I moved to London for university because I wanted to come to the, the big city and, you know, just really finding out about myself and learning about who I am. Yeah. Um, I'm someone who loves to cook. I, I love to read. I, I enjoy um, creating things, um, whether it's new ways of working or little mini inventions that I work on. I've realised that um, innovation, which I hopefully will get a chance to speak about a bit later on, is something yeah. that I'm really passionate about as well. 
only because I think it just falls in perfectly with, with diversity. If you're doing yes. things differently and you're welcoming different perspectives and backgrounds and outlooks, it's mm. important to be innovative in terms of how you use, use all of that. So Absolutely. Um, really, really um, enjoy anything that's kind of innovative. Yeah. Um, I'm a massive Marvel and DC fan. So <laughs> Yay, I love I'm with you on that. <laughs> and mutants. Um, something I accidentally got into because I've got a slightly younger brother and just yeah. thinking what you're watching and then realizing an hour later that you're watching it too. So um <laughs> really love that. And and like you know going to theatres, traveling. Yeah. I guess I like doing lots of different things and I'm open to trying lots of different things. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and Good. if that's that's really yeah. about me, I um, love that. So, show. so what made you set up your own company and be your own CEO? A really great question, Debs. I think um, a couple of things. First of all, um, the pandemic was a massive driver and factor behind that. I think yeah. you know um, it really kind of shook me up a little bit in terms of just not having a a great like I guess backup plan in place in terms right. of if circumstances change. And in the in the same vein with the pandemic, because there was a lot of focus on, on certain things within the media around race and social injustice, yes. it really allowed me to take time to really think about the fact that this is something I'm extremely passionate about and I want to get more actively involved in. And, you know, I've worked with organisations before and contributed to agendas and contributed to strategies and initiatives yeah. that have helped to move things forward. But I thought I'd really love to go in in a different capacity and almost draw together all of my experience and expertise mm. so you know I've been a project manager for many years I've yeah. worked in the innovation automation space I've done training learning and development data and analytics I've done lots of different things and I think just being able to kind of tie it all together and utilize it and offer it you know to be of service to organizations that want to move this agenda forward is something that I'm passionate about yeah I'm also a strong believer in that we are put on this earth for a reason. Yes, I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah, Everything (laughs) about me is, you know, telling me that I should absolutely be in this space from my name to my gender, to my ethnicity, to my culture, to the way I speak, to the way I articulate myself. Um, to my lived experiences and it felt like I was robbing myself of the opportunity but also robbing others of the opportunity of me by not showing up so it felt like just a natural place to be in yeah it has been a scary journey I'm sure an amazing journey I've had really brilliant conversations I've been able to really help implement change and drive things forward and you know, as someone who I can mention, I've got a project management background. It's all yeah. about delivering for me. Yes. I think it's really important action is taken. And, yeah. you know, in the absence of action, it's just words. It's just intention. Yes. And, you know, there just needs to be more done in the actual doing space. And I'm yes. now in a position where I actually can be part of the doing, but also empower organizations mm. to do the doing themselves. Yeah, I think so, you're, um, um, yeah, I think you're really right there. And I know we did some work together, which was fascinating to explore, right? So, yeah, what do we need to do to be able to create those spaces where diverse opinions are welcomed and you people do start taking action, not just intent, but with action. So what needs to be present to enable that to happen, would you say? 
So I think the first thing is a safe space. And, you know, when I say safe space, it's not a safe space for people to go and hide in. (laughs) It's a safe safe, brave space for people to really have conversations that are going to lead to action around what they need to do. I think it's quite clear by the lack of movement or Mm -hmm. the lack of progress in this in this space that a lot of people aren't clear about how to approach things. And I think the first way of overcoming that is by bringing people together and by sharing. I think collecting and through collaboration it's about coming up with creative problem solving but identifying pain points that you're going for you know if you know you've got a challenge around diversity and inclusion rather than just copying and pasting what another organization is doing and putting it into your organization even if it doesn't really fit the structure or the setup it's about understanding well what am I going for why am I going for it why is it important to my organization and how can I allow for it to become a cultural change rather than a temporary fix yeah definitely that's one of the first things I absolutely would say um secondly it's about having the resource yes whether this is time people or or budgets Mm -hmm. you know it shouldn't feel like it's a bolt-on Debs and more often than not it feels like we're doing this great initiative or this great campaign you know initiatives and campaigns don't last forever diversity and inclusion needs to be woven into the fabric of an organization it needs to be a constant theme it needs to be considered and factored into every single element of decision making yeah and often there's a comparison with health and safety you wouldn't think about you know removing health and safety from any element of an organization you know setup or you know objectives it's always there yeah diversity and inclusion be so i think absolutely about being intentional and committing to having the resources in place and, and then, what would, yeah, I was going to say before, but just going back on that, what what do you think gets in the way of people enabling that to happen? What do you, in your you know your experience yeah. and working, what do you think if you like gets in the way of that? I think a couple of things, Debs. I think the first thing is. Like I've mentioned before, not really knowing how to approach the situation. How? Yeah. You know, some people absolutely want to help and want to get on board, but fear of getting it wrong, fear yes. of being judged if it's not received in the right way is preventing them from, from making that step, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. I think there has to be an honest um, conversation around the fact that some people are very comfortable with the experience they're having at the moment yes. and to challenge the status quo or to even broach the topic around privilege is something that people aren't prepared to have because it means they might feel they have to compromise where they are and what they're receiving in terms of benefits. Yes. And I think it's, you know, more importantly, the fact that there's so many things out there. Sometimes organisations can feel quite spoilt for choice. Yes, and, that's you true. Know, it's not necessarily about reaching for every single thing. It's really understanding your organization and realizing, okay, this is the culture that I have because of the sector or industry that I'm in. For that reason, this is the type of solution I need to move forward with or the types of initiatives I want to be exploring. Yeah. And I suppose that's that bit that says, you know, as you're saying, people are afraid, scared, don't know what to do. You know, what advice would you give them? You're changing lives. You know, you know, anything that's worth doing takes an element of courage and bravery. Yeah. And, you know, if you're committed to social justice or making sure the lived experiences of all are enjoyable, then make that step. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a massive step. It can be small steps. They lead to big changes. Yeah. But what's important is you, you do something, you take action, yeah. you know. It's no good just empathising and sitting there on the sidelines, you know. The experiences of those from protected characteristic groups, it's not enjoyable, it's not easy, and 
often, you know, it is about having people who are outside of those groups that can support and help. Yes. And again, you know, for me, I've got friends that are from different protected, protected characteristic groups. So I'm a, I'm a black woman, yeah. but I have friends who suffer from, you know, physical disabilities that have, you know, neurodivergence. I, I need yes. to be able to connect with my friends and yeah. I advocate and I work in that space and taking action. I don't think just because you don't fully understand it, that's enough of an excuse not yeah. to do something about it. Yeah. You know, the issues that we face around diversity and inclusion aren't just, you know, limited to the people who are, you know, experiencing things from a negative perspective. It's something we all benefit from. It's something that we all experience or are impacted negatively from. It's an all person problem and an all person issue. So we all need to get involved. What that looks like depends on guess who you are, your background, your skill set, And then also, you know, how much of a, I guess how much of an opportunity you have to be part of the solution. So Definitely. yeah, I really think that it's extremely important just, yeah. just to, to be brave and to, to take that step. Yeah. And, and I know certainly um, in my experience as well, rolling out some workshops to help raise the awareness and the education piece around it, because I know some people sit in the room and you're talking about privilege and, and you can feel the uncomfortableness, even if that's a word, creeping in. And it's that ability, I suppose, to just explore that more, to help people understand what does what's going on for you, what's the impact that it's having on you, but what would you need to know that's going to help you understand it even better? And I suppose your work that you do with organisations as well, you must see this all the time. So oh. when you're in those spaces and you can feel that uncomfortableness, how do you get that out so that there is a level of harmony in the way that we're talking about things and that we're welcoming those different opinions that everybody has right we all have opinions Mm. but it's how do you create that space that enables that to as you said create that safe space for people to find out speak up explore how do you do that I think it's a couple of things Deb so first thing would be no one is you know we've all got different levels of expertise in the EDI space you know and you could be someone who's been in the industry for many, many years. You could be someone that's relatively new to it. You could be somebody that isn't in the industry, but obviously is learning about diversity and inclusion. We're all students. We're all learning. Absolutely. No one has all the answers. And I think just to tell people that when they're coming in to have these conversations, to challenge some of the beliefs or mm. the biases that they've, they've carried all their lives, don't make yourself wrong for it. Yes. You know, if you're not aware of something, you can't do anything to resolve it. But now you are aware of it and now it is uncomfortable. Lean into that discomfort in this safe space with people who are on the journey with you yes. and strive to, to see about how you can do better. Yeah. I think, you know, it's uncomfortable. Absolutely. It's uncomfortable to talk about, to think mm-hmm. about, to have to kind of put yourself forward and say you don't necessarily know the answers. It is so much more uncomfortable to have to live it. Yes. You know, think about the flip side of that that whole coin. Yes. You know, someone who has to go into work and encounter microaggressions or bias or has to justify their existence in every single space that they're in. Yeah. That is draining. That yes. is that is tiring. And if it means that you have to become as a leader or someone advocating for EDI a little bit uncomfortable to alleviate some of that, then I think that's definitely, you know, something worth doing. If you're passionate about ensuring that everyone has that wonderful lived experience, whether at work or outside of work, it's about saying, I need to get a bit uncomfortable so I can be someone who can actually 
proactively support this agenda and contribute in a way that's going to move things forward. Yeah, definitely. So that's definitely one of the approaches I would really encourage people to think about. And then it's just about saying that we need people, you know, yes. we need you, we need everybody. And don't feel that you should exclude yourself because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, le- again, lean into that, face it head on, but join us because we need you. Yes. This can't be done by a few people. You know, that's why it doesn't stick. That's why it's not well embedded. We need everybody and we need to be uncomfortable together. Yes. Because only through discomfort we are able to stretch and grow. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a permanent thing. It's something that we can move through and then mm. we become more comfortable with having these conversations and taking these actions and steps. Yeah. But if we're put off by the first hurdle because it's uncomfortable, we never ever get to where we want to get to in terms of moving the dial forward. Yeah, and that's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, if you go back 20 odd years, you know, when I first started work, even before that, actually, I'm showing my age now, um, <laughs> you know, it this wasn't, you know, things around equality, diversity, inclusion, belonging, these weren't spoken about, right? And mm. and it's only, and I suppose what I've noticed is more and more people are, um, if you like, being a, becoming more aware of it. It's been around for a long, long time. I do get that. But I suppose with the um, social media and the papers and everything that's now available to us, it's how do we ensure that we don't just go, oh, well, that's happening over there. And as you said, as a leader, how do we create those spaces that enable people to talk about it, to find out about it, but also knowing that it's always going to be evolving, right? Nothing stays still. So how do we ensure that we keep moving with it so that, you know, whatever comes in? Because I remember it used to be unconscious bias was the buzzword. Um, That's still there, right? I do get that. Mm -hmm. And now we've got diversity and inclusion. Then we add equality. Then we add belonging. And people get really confused and say, well, I don't know. So therefore, I'm not going to do anything about it, which is really, you know, is how do we encourage managers, leaders of teams to create those spaces to have those conversations? I think it's a really good question, Debs. You know, for me, you're absolutely right. It's always evolving, but then as human beings, we evolve anyway. It's absolutely. About, you know, staying on top of the, the changes or or anything that's different. And mm. for me personally, the best way that I do that is by following influential people in this space. Um, also, you know, doing the work yourself in terms yeah. of finding out what's out there. So I love podcasts. Yes. I like, you know, to attend other workshops by other people. I'm also very interested in what's happening across the continent. So, you know, across different continents, what's happening in America, what's happening Mm. in Australia, other lessons learned and best practice I can take away and and implement in terms of what I'm doing or what I'm thinking about. And, you know, I think it's really important. And I've mentioned it before, just to always be a student, you know, always be striving to know what needs to be done. We've got a generation of um, young people who are wanting to come into the the work environment, corporate world in in the next few years. A lot of those young people, I believe they're called Generation Z, um, are people who want to be working for organisations that take diversity and inclusion seriously. You know, if we want to attract the right 
customers, clients, and mm-hmm. staff, we have to make it a priority. Yeah, and yeah. we have to make it a priority in terms of being up to date with the latest developments and changes. Mm-hmm. So we're able to speak the language that allows us to connect to the people that we want to be working with yeah. or employing or yeah. you know bringing in as clients. So for me, it is about continuously doing the work um, and, and reading up and finding ways that work for you. Look at things you're doing across other areas that aren't necessarily diversity and inclusion you can draw upon that will help and support you in terms of how you approach your knowledge and understanding around diversity and inclusion I think that's something that's really important we need diversity of thinking learning and understanding in the space of diversity yes everyone's getting their resources and materials from the same place Yes, there'll be differences, but how different is it going to be? Yeah. So I think that's a really important thing that I would definitely um, definitely yeah. suggest. That's such a good point, isn't it? Is that bit that I love the fact you said we're always, always students and we are always learning. And I suppose it's that bit if we want to, right? So, you know, yeah. when we're creating that space, again, talking about that harmonious space, you know, people have got to want to find out or they want to be able to care or even bother. And I think that sometimes, certainly when you know, we work with teams a lot as you do, you sometimes see that in a room where you go, well, you're not really here. You don't want to be here, isn't it? And it's as that facilitator, because I know you're running some workshops through April and May, mm-hmm. it's, you know, how do you bring those people into those conversations so that we can hear their voice and then use that as a, you know, a way of exploring that more? How do you do that? I think through the use of emotional intelligence and cultural intelligence and just really talking about how much it benefits the interactions we have as human beings. Yes. You know, imagine going to that. Recently, I went to an amazing concert with my friend. It was a combination of drum and bass and orchestra. And I'd never been to before, but just watching different genres of music working well together to play in harmony mm-hmm. it really occurred to me how you know when you have got first of all people whose voices aren't being heard yep. you've got people with instruments that are on mute you know yep. when you've got people who are involved but aren't really fully participating you've got people playing instruments but not playing them properly or to the fullest potential yeah you know you're playing a different song it doesn't work well together. The harmonies don't complement one another. Yeah. Whereas if you've got everybody who's able to show up and contribute in a way that's reflective to who they are, yeah. my goodness, what a beautiful song you're going to be playing. Yeah, oh my that's God, that's amazing. How I think about it. So I yeah. think, you know, yes, absolutely. Again, we know it's uncomfortable. We know it's difficult to yeah. talk about, but, you know, think about the missed opportunities in not doing the work. Yes. You know, we are human beings, you know, we be, we, we, be, we, we, yeah. we, we become, we, we, we're being, right? Yes, absolutely. We, we, we need to interact. Connection is important to us. That connection can look very different for different types of people, mm-hmm. but ultimately connection is very important to us. Yeah. You know, we're not connecting with each other as much as we could be because we don't necessarily fully understand each other, whether that's emotionally or culturally. And in doing the work, in saying, actually, you know, I want to be able to empathize with people. So I'm going to build on my emotional intelligence. So I'm able to understand how certain things impact on people emotionally that will help me therefore to engage with them in a more efficient way, then that's great. And the same culturally, if someone's from a different background to you or someone's from a different, um, you know, different way of life than you, they've had, you know, potentially different upbringing, different socioeconomic status. Yeah. 
How are you connecting with that person to get the best at that interaction? How are you learning from that person? How are you creating a space where you can both benefit from, you know, being able to communicate with one another? And that's what I'd say. Think of the missed opportunities, you know, think of what you can learn. Sometimes it might be things that you wish you didn't know. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be stuff that you absolutely can appreciate and value and use going forward. Yes. Anything that helps to connect better just means that we can get things done in a better way. Yeah. You know, there's evidence that suggests, Debs, that if you're part of a diverse organization, you're more productive. Yes. There's more profits. There's more creative problem solving. There's more innovation. That isn't just by chance. It's because you've got different people who know how to connect with each other, who yeah. know how to interact with one another because there is emotional intelligence because yes. there's cultural intelligence and because you know the culture allows for it to be that way yeah so I think it's just really important that those are the things that we're striving for mm. but absolutely I'd start off with emotional intelligence cultural intelligence and then build from there yeah brilliant but also acknowledging we will communicate differently absolutely so yeah expectation that Debs is going to show up in the same way as in Zynga is probably not the right expectation to have. Yeah. We show up how we choose to. Yeah. But being able to feel that we recognize and we belong will allow us to do that in the first instance. Yeah, that's a good point as well. And I think that's a that sort of leads us nicely onto that bit that said, you know, um, I know you're doing your workshops. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about what they are and um, you know, what you're going to be covering in those? Yeah. So um I obviously work in the diversity and inclusion space. So that's something that is definitely going to be a theme. It's going to be focused around how to overcome the challenges of diversity and inclusion within your organization. But I'm going to be weaving in innovation. So as mentioned, I'm a massive lover of innovation. I love looking at how we can do what we're doing slightly differently, how we can utilize different resources and capabilities to get to the end outcome that we want. Um, I'm also someone who's very engaging. I like interactive sessions. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I find it hard to sit through a 60 minute, 90 minute um, webinar or workshop, but I think for me, I like to feel like I'm able to take something away from a workshop that I can implement straight away. Even if it's really small, just something I can start using just so I can actually see some benefit from, 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 you know, the session that I've attended. So the session will be a combination of information, awareness, some interactive activities. What that looks like, I'm not quite sure yet, but the good thing is I'm in the innovation space. So I'll have a tool or something that I can use that will allow me (laughs) to kind of enable that, but really get people to think about how they can change things and not in a way of finger pointing, but actually Thank you for being here. Thank Mm. you for taking that step. Looking forward to being on the journey with you if you choose to be on it with me. But, you know, these these are some great things you can take away and potentially implement going forward as you move forward on your journey, you know, in improving diversity and inclusion. So that's that's really important for me. It's going to be informational, fun-packed, interactive. I think that's what it needs to be. Yeah, definitely. And then we learn better that way. So, yeah. so how do how do people connect with you to find out more about this and the work that you're doing outside of this as well? Well, how will people connect with you? Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm I'm there. I think if you put in Enzinga Orgel, I'm the only one that will come up. You are. I, I might be the only one on the entire earth. <laughs> I like to think that unique. Very, I love that <laughs> very unique name. Um, yeah. That's kind of been put together. So, um, yep, you can find me on LinkedIn. um, And then also if you find me on www.raceexpertlimited.com. So 
race expert spelled r-a-c-e-x-p-e-r-t and then limited so a slight play on the words which makes like sense that. you um go onto the website yeah. so yeah those are probably the two of the best ways to reach Brilliant. out to me i just yeah it's been a real pleasure to take this time out to speak to you so i just want to say thank you for your time today oh you're very welcome Debs. and if i can just say one last thing of course you know, I think to everybody out there who's kind of wondering about whether or not to step into this space or not, or to do the work, you know, I know it's very easy to kind of stay hidden because you feel that you're liked more. Yeah. You know, it's great to be liked by many, but it's important to love yourself. Oh, so yes, if it doesn't yes. align to you, then really think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. That was a massive breakthrough for me by saying silent and kind of not speaking up about certain things. Yeah. Yes, a lot of people liked me, but I didn't find that I was loving myself. So by so aligning to what is my purpose, yeah. I love myself and those who like me like the real me. So. I love that. That's a great piece of advice for anyone out there, right? So on that little note of wisdom, I'm going to let you get on with the rest of your day. And thank you again for taking the time out to speak to me. And I'll speak to you soon. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. Wow, Debs, she just talks so beautifully, doesn't she, about this really big topic. Yeah, she does actually. And when you listen to some of the things that she's saying, they're, they're very similar to what you would do to create great conversations, right? And making sure that, you know, as humans, recognising that we always evolve um, and about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable when we're having these types of conversations as well. Um, and I really loved how she um, sort of made that link around it has to have action. There has to be some action that takes place. It's all right having the right intent, but if you're not going to do anything and take action then what's the point so she had some amazing amazing points to raise and that we're just all different in the way we communicate as well um and having that awareness around us so yeah it was really great to speak to her what did you take away from it law I just loved the way she made that link between, you know, like a metaphor about it being like an orchestra and making sure that all the different players get involved. And I just thought, yes, actually, we're all conductors, aren't we? And I guess that kind of call to action would be next time you're there, you know, if that were an orchestra, those group of people, is it a little bit quiet in one section? Is there a section that hasn't been involved at all? Because we don't get harmony with everyone playing the same note. You know, it's all of us kind of with our slight different takes. I thought that was beautiful the way you described it. Do you know the other thing that was going through my mind as well? I asked my um, daughter who's nine, she's in year four, and I asked her what they are taught at school now. Because, you know, here's us, school is kind of but a distant memory. You know, what's what's happening in schools now around this kind of topic? So she's in year four and she um, said to me, kind of just really matter of fact, oh yeah, if we think that anyone is not being involved or not being included or someone's being unkind... We, um, you know, we have a conversation. And I said, what, has the school actually told you how to have that? And then she kind of said, yeah, we're told to say, stop. I don't think you're being very kind. I think we need to include this person. I just couldn't believe it. We we never were told things like that when we were grown up. So I do think for those of us that are in the world of work right now, um, actually, we're going to have waves of new people, new generations joining the world of work who won't stand for it, who will be quite comfortable in actually saying, hey, that's not cool. Can we do it in another way? So um, maybe we are the last generation who will find this uncomfortable because we'll be the ones having some of these ice-breaking conversations and 
and it's people like the Zynga that are kind of reminding us and showing us how to do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what she, you know, she also referred to, wasn't it, is that, you know, the younger generation that are coming through into the world of work now, as you said, will not tolerate that type of behaviour anymore. And I know when we did a few workshops with her, we were talking about, you know, how it may not be this generation or the next, but it could certainly be that 2030 generation that are going to go into the world of work that will really start having those conversations or even not having those conversations because we're dealing with it and as you're saying if if your you know, if your daughter's coming through talking about that and we call it out anyway then how cool is that absolutely yeah and i think just uh, sort of as a uh, um just some food for sort of thought i i i certainly know that when i get nervous or i'm unsure what to do that's where sometimes humor can be my go-to. And I do think that one of the things I've had to learn over the last couple of years is what might have been seen as funny (laughs) in 2000 just isn't quite so funny now, you know. And so it's, it's kind of also watching that if there are moments where you might be nervous or you're, you know, you're not comfortable with a gap in a conversation, if humor is your default, like it is mine, then just to watch out that the humor you're using, because you might be kind of very um, mature and kind of inclusive and doing all the right things kind of when you're in mode, but it was when you're off mode that actually some of these little things can then happen. And I think sometimes it's because of nerves. We then kind of go to these old ways of kind of, you know, saying things or making jokes and, you know, maybe previously a couple of generations that would have bonded a room by all having a bit of a laugh, that might have the precise opposite effect now because without realising, you've just created a bit of a division. So, Debs, as always, action is the way through all of this. What would your call to action be in terms of embracing diversity of opinion and bringing that orchestra out? Yeah, I think it's actually um, my call to action would be to ensure that you gain a better understanding. I think also you have some um, knowledge gain as well. So if you're not sure, ask, be be inquisitive, find out what you can or can't do. Um, and I think appreciate and value that we are all different. So what can you do? Just read up, talk to people, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask if you're not sure, because then you'll know for sure and that you'll know what to do. So connect to people to truly understand them. That's my connect, my call to action. Love it. And my share of the secret would be get someone who maybe feels a little bit out of touch with the world of work. Maybe you You've heard them say to you, oh, I don't understand this anymore. It's all a bit overwhelming. Get them to listen to this because I think listening to people like Nzinga, she just makes it so real and touchable. And it's not about being scared and dodging the learn. As she said, it's about acknowledging this is learning. We're all in learning mode. So my share of the secret would be if there's someone in your life who you know just sort of is a little bit distant from all of this because they think it's too tricky, get them to listen to this. And it's one more person who's feeling more able and comfortable to lean into that uncomfortableness. Absolutely agree with you there, Law. So listen, this is the end of our month focus on relationships. Can't wait for it March, is. which where it's all about let's step out, that spring energy. It's about maximising our impact. And uh, it's been so brilliant to have a guest this week because it just mixes things up a bit, doesn't it? Just having a different voice. It does. Really excited about yeah. who we're going to hear from next week as well. 
well. And he's going to share his secrets on how to make the waves of change in some really important stuff. So this goes out to anyone next week who has got some big ticket items on their to-do list this year. They know they want to crack on and make some impact. And our guest next week is going to give us his insights. So devs, have a fantastic week. Love you loads. I'll see you next week. Love you too, Law. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others. 